This WBEZ podcast is supported by the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention. Suicide is a topic that hides in the shadows. It's time we talk away the dark, learn how to spot the warning signs for suicide, and how you can have an open, caring, real conversation to help save lives. Visit the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention to watch the new short film and learn more at AFSP.org slash talkawaythedark. This WBEZ podcast is supported by Ravinia, with over 100 concerts under the stars this summer, including Daryl Hall and Elvis Costello, Nora Jones with special guest Mavis Staples, the Beach Boys with special guest John Stamos, Shaggy and TLC, Jason Isbell and the 400 Unit, the Chicago Symphony Orchestra, and more. Their 30-acre park is nestled in a gently wooded area. Bring your own picnic or eat at one of the park restaurants. Tickets available now only at ravinia.org. I'm Sasha Ann Simons, and this is Reset, your dose of news, politics, and TikTok memes. Nobody's going to know. Nobody's going to know. They're going to know. How would they know? I actually do cuss a little. Do you? <laughs> also, yeah. What's your favorite curse word? Probably f- <laughs> oh, oh, Call an ambulance! Call an ambulance! But not for me. Now that we're done with that, you want to see my renegade? In case you couldn't tell, yes, that last one was a clip from former President Obama's ad to get people to vote back in 2020. Are you even on TikTok? I am. What about your kids or your grandkids? One of those answers is likely yes, since it's the world's most popular app. A hundred million Americans are now TikTok users, including two-thirds of teens. And get this, last year, more people visited TikTok than Google. That last tidbit really tells you how far the video sharing platform has come. And it's why our next guest, Washington Post technology reporter Drew Harwell, titled his latest article on the app, How TikTok Ate the Internet. So let's dig in. More hits than Google? How is that possible? Yeah, isn't that wild? Yeah. Very uh, much it, so. It, and it's only six years old in the U.S. Um, <laughs> it's possible because it's, it is just so unique. Um, TikTok, there's really nothing like it on the Internet right now. It's colorful. It's uh, vibrant. It's interesting. It's easy to start using. And, you know, it's become this, you know, cultural phenomenon that a lot of people, young people and old, um, are just finding it sort of impossible to put down. Oh, for sure. Well, Take us back to the beginning, Drew. Remind us how TikTok actually got its start. Because I, I remember my kids being on Musical.ly at one point. Was that, mm-hmm. is, did Musical.ly become yes. TikTok? I'm confused. Yeah. Yeah, Musical.ly was the start, right? And it was all about lip sync videos, really short, um, colorful videos that were all about singing and dancing. And, you know, this was a couple of years ago when uh, Facebook and Instagram were still the the hottest things in social media. Mm -hmm. Um, And yet there was this new thing where it was these these videos would only be a couple seconds long, right? They were sort of like Vine, um, but they were really punchy and interesting. And Musical.ly ended up becoming TikTok. And TikTok, you know, it's whole sort of form of being at, at first was all about these dance videos, right? And so people would do dances to their favorite songs. Other people would take those dances and do their own. There would be this sort of challenge environment and it kind of build on itself um, to now the point where dance dancing is still kind of a part of the app, but it's become so big and so all-encompassing that it has comedy and news and 
personal sharing mm -hmm. and, Recipes. you know, debate and argument. So it's really become kind of an everything app. Yeah, for sure. What would you say then was maybe the turning point for TikTok? Because I feel like it skyrocketed in popularity during the pandemic. Yeah, the pandemic was a huge moment for them, right? Because one, we were all glued to our phones. Mm -hmm. um, um, but two, you know, as it started getting on more people, it started, uh, the content ended up being, you know, that much more interesting, right? You started to see these people like uh, Kabi LeMay, who's this, you know, Italian guy who has these funny, you know, videos of him sort of reacting in this deadpan way. He's his own kind of comedian. A lot of these, you know, early sort of dancer people really built up an audience. But you also saw a lot of people getting on the platform that, um, you know, started creating their own little mini stardom. And the thing about TikTok that is really interesting is that a lot of people who get on there end up creating their own videos. So yes. it's it's an entertainment platform that you can just watch and lurk on and it's totally normal. But because the app is sort of structured in a way that it really makes it easy to make your own videos, a lot of people started sort of adding more videos into the mix. And so it just kind of created this flywheel effect to where, you know, during the pandemic where we were all just sort of craving attention and escape, um, TikTok was there. And it was something that we could really jump in uh, quickly and easily and, and, and get our fix. Yeah, a recent uh, Pew Research study finds that TikTok has become the second most used video streaming platform after YouTube. What is it about the app, you think, Drew? Because, I mean, it's popular with people no matter the age. I mean, there are seniors on there getting down. I'm seeing babies. <laughs> it's just... <laughs> Crossing all generations here. Yeah, there's something really um, kind of fundamental to how it works uh, that is kind of universally applicable. I mean, the, the one thing for people who haven't used TikTok, I mean, you may think of social media sort of like Facebook and Twitter, where you go on, you create a profile, you add all your friends and family, and you follow celebrities and all that thing. But it's, it's kind of the people you decided to follow are the people you see. TikTok is not really about that. It really doesn't have sort of friends or family. You can follow people, but it's not, it's sort of secondary to the experience. Yes. When you open TikTok, you get one video just sort of pulled kind of at random and you can either watch it or you can swipe to a, a new video. And in the background, TikTok is sort of gathering all this data on you in terms of what you like to see. So if it shows me a sports video and I swipe, you know, right past it, it's going to show me something totally different and figure out, well, maybe I don't want to watch sports. Mm -hmm. And so it becomes this really kind of like algorithmically personalized um, experience. And a lot of people say it's like really kind of good. Like that's kind of why it is so, you know, compelling. And one of the figures that was really eye-opening to me was that the average TikTok viewer in the U.S., and there are 100 million of them, mm -hmm. um, watches it on average 80 minutes a day, which is more than we use Facebook and Instagram minutes. combined. <laughs> yeah, 80 minutes a day. Well, more, I'm on there, but that's not me. Yeah, that's not me. I'll, I'll tell you that. I, I don't have 80 minutes a day to, to be on TikTok, but I definitely yeah, sneak my time in. Are you on TikTok, Drew? Um, I have uh, started using it as part of this reporting. I, I, have, I have a young daughter as well. I have a young daughter <laughs> as well. But you know, I, I can see um, why it is interesting, why people glom onto it, and I can see why it's taking over. But it's uh, yeah, it's and and like you, I mean, I kind of get pulled into it as well. Where it's like, okay, just one more swipe, one more video, and I'm really going <laughs> to exactly. get what I want. Exactly, exactly. Um, we should also mention, Drew, that the app shows you uh, videos that are similar to the ones that you've liked or interacted with in the past, right? Like my producers tell me that is what dictates what side of TikTok you're on. 
right? I've even heard yeah. my kids say, I'll, I'll, I'll ask my kids about a certain TikTok if they've seen it, and they'll say, oh, no, we're not on millennial TikTok. <laughs> what do they <laughs> yeah, mean? Isn't that funny? Yeah. And so, you know, you start from this big general pool of videos, and the more you use it, the more the TikTok algorithm figures out what you want. So people have joked about this where, like, you your tastes really get refined into this really kind of strange rabbit hole of, like, very precise stuff. So there are people who will use it just for, like, who knows, they want to only watch Lumberjack videos. They're only going to see Lumberjack or crafts or, like, outdoor videos, and they're never going to see all totally different sides of videos. And, like, so that's one thing, you know, young people always talk about this, where it's like, oh, I'm never going to see that. That's a totally different side of TikTok. Or they'll use it so often that they'll get on, you know, the quote-unquote wrong side of TikTok, where it's totally different than what they want to see. Yeah. And so it's interesting because, you know, it's this extremely popular platform that a lot of people are using, and yet everybody kind of gets a different experience. There's no real, you know, blockbuster, everybody sees it kind of thing because it's really refined based off what the app thinks you want to watch. Mm -hmm. That's so true. So I am primarily a lurker on TikTok or or whatever Mm -hmm. it is that you call it, Drew, when you have an account, but you're mostly just there for the ride. Like Mm -hmm. I I barely post anything, um, but I'm on there, you know, almost daily and I'm watching all these other funny videos and and the dancing videos. I'm not alone, right? In that I've got this account, but I'm there just to spectate. No, totally normal. Yeah, a lot of people use it that way. Um, a lot of people, you know, uh, but I also say for young people, you know, social media influence is a real thing, right? A lot of people want to make that into a career. Um, and so a lot of people do become creators where they're creating their own videos. But, you know, there are millions of people who use it and will never post a thing. And they're just on to consume, consume videos, consume content. It's kind of, it's kind of like YouTube in that way, but even sort of different than YouTube. It's so much more accessible and so much more quick to kind of get what you want to watch that it just becomes this, you know, entertainment platform that is totally taking over the world. Yeah. So you mentioned rabbit holes earlier, Drew. I I wonder what some of your favorite weird ones are that you've gone down on on TikTok. For for instance, last week, I and I think I tweeted about this. I ended up just kind of randomly scrolling through like aviation TikToks. When I couldn't sleep one night, I was just yeah. watching planes Isn't take off funny? and land for like two hours. Yeah, and that is, I, I have definitely had that experience. I have a young daughter who is really interested in uh, construction stuff. So we will often find ourselves in excavator TikToks. Um, I've also found my way, you know, when I'm just watching it myself, I'll find my way into like weird gadget TikTok where I was once watching a video <laughs> with like the most powerful flashlight ever and somebody was like standing on a balcony and shining, you know a mile away, all the kind of stuff that you would never seek out on your own, right? And so stuff you just mindlessly look at when you're on the couch and you're exhausted at the at the end of the night, but you just can't stop watching. It's very much like a slot machine, right? It's like you're constantly swiping through. Um, and that's why people sort of, you know, yeah. laugh it off, or maybe it's a little more sense to talk about like TikTok addiction, where it's like you just keep pulling that thing. You're in this Skinner box where it's just like you're constantly seeking that little dopamine hit. And, exactly. And that's what exactly. Well, let's hear a few more. I've come across a few on uh, cute pets TikTok with this sound. Get my happy, happy guy. Oh, just a happy, happy, happy guy. Oh, just a look at that happy, oh, the happy dog. Oh, just a happy, happy, happy. <laughs> I've also come across this sound of uh, celebrity chef Sandra Lee for her generous pour when she was showing a cocktail recipe. Let's listen. Two shots of vodka. And Drew, you talk about book talk in your recent article. 
That makes me think of one video that I came across. This one shows the text every time I'm having a bad day and I come across another book to buy. Let's listen. What do you think, Wackers Bonkers? Kill them. You naughty Wackers Bonkers. So you write that two-thirds of American teens use TikTok and that one in six say that they uh, watch it, quote, almost constantly. That might be a concern for some parents out there, I'm thinking. Uh, yeah, I think it is. You know, <laughs> And like, uh, as a parent, I have anxiety about a lot of things, um, you know, and social media is one of them, just sort of social media in general. Um, but TikTok kind of being the king of that has definitely, you know, we, we have something in the story where we talk about there's a parent control app and TikTok is the most likely to be blocked by parents. So, you know, yeah. there's just, you know, it's it's one thing to kind of know what your kids are, are watching, but it's so hard to do that anymore with the internet where they just have control and TikTok. Yeah. By the fact that you're just constantly moving from one piece of content to the next every, you know, five seconds, um, it really becomes something for parents where they're like, I don't know what my kid is watching. And this is something they're watching at school. This is something that is like a huge part of, you know, teens, younger kids' lives. Like, uh, so I think there's an anxiety there. Well, my my colleague says that uh, she gets emails from her kid's high school. And sometimes the emails will say things like, we want to let you know, uh, we want to make sure you're aware of racist language or destructive challenges um, that are popular on TikTok. And then she has trouble finding whatever it is that the school is referencing. (laughs) So I wonder how effective that is. Yeah, the pace of these trends is really hard to follow. Um, Yeah, part of the TikTok DNA is these challenges, right, where somebody can create something that's, who knows, eat a bunch of cinnamon or destroy a school or whatever, like random challenges that, like, become a trend and everybody starts making their own videos. They want to get on the hashtag and get popularity, and it becomes this kind of snowball effect. Um, But you also see uh, these kind of, like, fake challenges, right? And we've actually reported some of these a couple months ago where Meta, the company that is previously known as Facebook, Mm -hmm. um, they were sort of seeding stories about, you know, these concocted challenges that were like, you know, punch your grandma kind of stuff where it was like totally made up and it was kind of this like moral panic about, oh, what are the you know young kids doing these days? But I think the reality is like these things are, you know, this is virality, right? You never really know what's what's popular. And, and mm-hmm. because TikTok is so prominent in schools, uh, it, it, you, you never really know. Like what is, is something going to just totally take off and we don't even, uh, uh, we're not even expecting yeah. it. Yeah. You know, and I sometimes wonder, how does TikTok know that, right? I'll, I'll get these videos that are exactly what I was thinking about a second ago or what I was looking for. And I don't know what's going on with the algorithm. So I'm curious whether you think users should be concerned about, you know, TikTok or its parent company just having too much data about us. Yeah. Yeah. So that's a that's a big concern. And, you know, the algorithm being sort of um, eerily, maybe even creepily uh, accurate at kind of finding what we want to see is, is its own kind of thing. And we talk about sort of like how much algorithms know about us. The extra kind of complicating factor for TikTok, and this is really important, is that TikTok is owned by a Chinese company called ByteDance. They're a tech giant. They're based in Beijing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, China obviously has a different, you know, they have, a, they have an authoritarian government. They have a huge hugely, you know, inescapable online censorship regime. And, you know, there's a great firewall. Like inside China, there are a lot of things you can't see, right? You can't see Facebook, for one, for instance. Um, 
So, you know, the, the worry in Washington, you know, and, and for a lot of people across the country is like, are those sorts of systems of censorship going to affect TikTok, right? We have this app that all, you know, all these kids are watching and getting their news and entertainment from and shaping yeah. their lives. What if, you know, this totally foreign government with all of these rules around, you know, media control is deciding how that stuff works? So, you know, TikTok for its part has said, well, our U.S. team runs totally separately and we have our own rules and we wouldn't, you know, bend to Chinese government influence. But that's become like a big sort of uh, crisis of 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 trust in America is, is how how far we can trust TikTok. And yeah, in terms of like data privacy and that kind of thing, I mean, it is really important, right? Because kids are using it all the time. TikTok is learning what people like to see. Um, one thing I like to say about TikTok, though, even knowing all we know about it, is that social media just in general gathers up a lot of data for it us, does, right? We've yeah. been telling Facebook um, where we work and where we go and who are our our boyfriends and girlfriends are for, you know, decades at this point. Um, TikTok doesn't really have a profile that you build, right? You don't even really say who your family and friends are. So it doesn't really have that kind of data, but it does really have precise data about what you're interested in. And so, you know, when you think about my privacy and what's important to me, that's something we should be keep in mind as well. This episode of Reset was produced by Dan Tucker and Brenda Ruiz. Enjoying what you hear? Then why don't you subscribe to our podcast? We publish every day and we cover everything from politics to arts and culture. That's it for Reset. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Thanks for listening to the news live on WBEZ and NPR. The WBEZ stream sounds great in the kitchen on your smart speaker and anywhere on the WBEZ app. Listen every day.